Hello, and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Etherington. Every week, we review a new streaming show or movie. This week, we're going to be talking about Andor, the new Star Wars show on Disney+. Before we get to that, I wanted to at least briefly touch on some news, uh, a report in CNBC. So Warner Media, the company that owns and operates HBO Max, was acquired by or merged with Discovery. And there have been a bunch of changes. And they've been talking about merging HBO Max and Discovery Plus into one service. And they there's been a report in CNBC, this is not officially confirmed, that the name that most likely will be used for the combined service is just Max. So Discovery Plus and HBO Max will go away and there'll just be a new service called Max. Mm. Do we like this name? It's like if you took Plus, which like you can't do. That's that's not fair to everybody else. Actually, it would be super smart to name a... If you've been the first, plus. right? Yeah. I mean, it would be, but it's like not fair. I would be like, that's not fair. I don't know. I mean, it's weird when you care about justice and not. <laughs> Never when it comes to social issues, only when it comes to <laughs> branding. There's like certain things that you're like, fuck them, that was their fault. And they should have... And then other things you're like, well, but the name is just so unfair. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think it like even matters a little bit. I mean, well, OK, so it matters a little bit because HBO has such brand equity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as like prestige television that like and I think HBO Max was actually a really big leap forward because the HBO app one just content breadth was just hbo which is great because hbo has amazing content but like when they added in all of the like big bang theory whatever friends and everything i don't know what else is on there but whatever else they added on there that was like kind of awesome plus mm -hmm. hbo and the app itself like worked so much better like it finally like made sense as technology <laughs> Like where it wasn't so glitchy and wonky and difficult to navigate. So that's like kind of a loss, but I don't think it matters. I think people are so enamored with like television and streaming services and like spend whatever four hours of their day on them that like, yeah. okay, whatever you want to call it, however much money you want to charge for it, let's do it. I think you're right. Like that's mostly the content is what people want and they'll do whatever to get to it right but the what i think is like weird about this one in particular is but maybe this is the point because seo seems impossible with that but i guess they have a lot of money to spend against it but then like you, to your point it doesn't really matter because people are just looking for the content and they're going to find mm -hmm. it it's kind of like my, my biggest issue these days with streaming is I don't remember which one it's on and they don't all integrate with like Apple. Google's gotten so good at that. Right, right. Like if you just Google any TV show, it'll like give you the list of like where you could watch it. Yeah. Basically, it's like and it, it always has like three services I've never heard of. It's like Voodoo, <laughs> you know, Yobo. Yeah. Click I mean, even more so for movies like it'll just be like, like what and like you have to watch you know like five ads every like three minutes but you can watch it for free oh, God, yeah yeah whatever totally yeah 
It's the, I mean, the discovery thing still is a problem, but yeah, I think the, I, I wonder though later on you if mean the like branding thing. SEO, not discovery is Not brand. discovery as discovery plus or whatever, which I guess, wait, is that affected? This is the same owner, isn't it? Well, it's the same thing now. It's like they're merging. Oh, So geez. they're going to okay. call it Max, which is right. why I think HBO's brand equity is like the biggest problem, not SEO necessarily. I think it's like having the ter- word HBO in the name of your service feels like a much, I don't give a shit about discovery. Well, but, but see, never... you're, you're counter. I think you're the exception. If you look, if you go like the broad cross section of America, the success is discovery, not HBO. Like Wrong. everybody tunes into 90 day fiance. Cause unfortunately no. the world You're is just trash. talking for yourself. No, I'm not, and I'm not, like, I'm not talking for me. I'm so talking what for... are the subscriber numbers? I wanted to spend no time talking about this and now I'm going to fight <laughs> with you. <laughs> What I are mean, the subscriber numbers for HBO Max I don't know. versus Discovery Plus? Let's see who actually wins. Well, they still win on terrestrial TV. That's the problem, right? Discovery Plus is twenty four million. It's like twenty four million, thing. so it's small. Yeah, but yeah. but you're paying like whatever twelve cents for that in part of your two hundred and fifty channel bundle. Right. I'm not. I'm paying ten dollars a month or whatever it is. Yeah, but you. I'm saying don't think that oh, you oh. are everyone. Yeah, you're yeah, saying yeah. that I'm wrong for thinking that I'm everyone. Right. And I love HBO. <laughs> so people don't won't pay a premium for that content. They're just. I don't an- think. As an avid television viewer, it, Discovery Plus is like the literal last thing on my list right. to like subscribe to. I think there's definitely an argument for that. I mean, I think there's a reason why the guy who was the CEO of Discovery is the one who's running the whole company now versus mm-hmm. somebody from Warner Media or HBO, and and a reason why the HBO people all work for him. Um, and I think it was this idea that actually Discovery is is the stronger business. I you know haven't done a deep dive on whether or not that's true. Wall Street's completely insane and the way they value companies is completely insane. So who knows? But um, I think that part of the reason that they were brought together was this idea that HBO Max on its own may or may not make it. That's why they got to bring it together. And that HBO has this, obviously has the the most respect, certainly within the industry uh, of any of these services, but that there was a suspicion that this kind of prestige TV high-class dramas had sort of maxed out their audience. And that was why they had to bring in all this extra content into HBO Max. And then maybe Discovery on top of that, suddenly you get a service that's as big as Netflix or, or, or Disney+. Mm. Plus. Yeah. Um, and I think that as the steps they've taken to try to get to that have pissed people off, which is, I mean, part of why people kind of are rolling their eyes at the Max name because they're just like this fucking Discovery CEO is horrible and he's making all these doing all these cost cutting things. Yeah. Um, but I actually, the, the more I thought about it, I was like, it kind of makes sense because before if you act like trying to figure out what's HBO max versus HBO was that you're like, I don't, I don't know. Like what, like, like the idea that it was HBO plus a bunch of other stuff. Right. But I think the hmm. idea that you could argue that the way to preserve the I mean, this is getting really wonky and we should not spend a lot <laughs> like of time. No on it. American thinks about it like we right. But it, the thing right is now. that if you, if you were invested, if you if you work for HBO and you're invested in the idea that HBO should stand for these like very serious high class shows, um, then HBO Max actually makes that very confusing. If HBO is just one channel in a max service then it actually maybe is better for hbo's brand equity i hate myself for saying that we can probably move on now <laughs> i think we probably should let's talk about andor um so Wait, andor before we get too into it i just mm-hmm. have to say i've watched like four episodes and i agree that it's good and i don't want to be spoiled so i might dip okay. when you guys start Fair. talking past episode four 
Sounds totally fair. So Andor, yeah, is a Star Wars spinoff about Cassian Andor, who was a character in the movie Rogue One. That pitch did not appeal to me at all. I think for a lot of people, like, why? Why would you? I mean, Diego yeah. is cool, but what is the point of this show? On its surface, it's not like, oh, easy. Like, you got me. It's not like they were like, oh, it's Han. I think Han it appeals Solo, to me Han, though. And wait, which one is it? I didn't know that that was the backstory at all. I didn't even remember Cassian Andor from Rogue One. But here's what I'll say: you go, and longtime listeners will know this. These two are like Star Wars from birth babies, basically. Yeah, that's right. I watched Star Wars at the age of like 29 or something, and I started with Rogue One because I was trying to go like somewhat chronologically or and I also wanted to start with a new one because I knew if I started with one that was made in the 70s I would you know puke it up with yeah, all just, this, yeah. yeah immediately your body would react to it in yeah. a negative way yeah. so I watched Rogue One first which I don't even remember because I've never seen it again since but now that I know that Tassian because I was like trying to place it as I was watching it, like, where does this happen in the universe of time of Star Wars? Mm-hmm. And now that you said that, that actually would have been much more appealing to me. I was like, fuck, another fucking Star Wars thing about some side story, side quest. I don't give a shit. But I actually give a shit now knowing that because I feel like it's part of the arc of the main Star Wars story. Right. Yeah. Although, actually, I think what I like about it is that you could watch this never having seen anything Star Wars related before. Absolutely, and, and including I, Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think in a way that's what they've... My, so one of the things they, they did with this um, as, it was, as the show was wrapping up was they actually put the first couple episodes on Hulu, they aired them on ABC, and I think the idea was like, oh, crap, we actually have a show that is in a lot of ways made to be more appealing to people who haven't watched a ton of Star Wars than the people who know every single in and out who are probably watching this anyway, but you get those is, for free. You don't need right. to sell those people. Right. Right. It's like, exactly. It's a star war. And you're like, Oh sweet. I guess I fucking have to watch it, which is my exact reaction to Obi-Wan, <laughs> and, which I never did finish though. They, they lost me. Like, even though I was free, they, I was like, no, I give up. This is not worth my Isn't time. Isn't Obi-Wan really important though? Like as the, character? the character? Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, all of his importance is later. I don't really give a shit about his pre-story. Even you, uh, this is this is a n- separate issue. I talked about this with. I feel like Yashad and uh, Jess from, you know, our old stomping. Well, our old mutual stomping grounds, TechCrunch, my current stomping grounds at our recent trip. But like, Ewan McGregor is a wonderful gift. Oh, it was Richard. That's what Richard loves Ewan McGregor as well, and they they ruined it. Like Obi Wan is a ruined version of Ewan McGregor. It's like you took him and and sucked all of his natural charisma out of him, and then we're like, now watch this guy, and you're like, why? You fucking ruined him. It's like you were a weird soul sucking monster, and you came and like just got it all out of him, and we're like, how about you and robot with a strange accent? Do you, would you enjoy this? It's like, no, I don't enjoy that. In fact, I hate it. I think Ewan McGregor is fine in the Obi Wan show, but I do think they're actually a very good contrast because the whole thing of the obi-wan show is that oh you know this guy from the original trilogy you know him from the prequel trilogy 
but and not just that all the other characters like oh you know this character from the cartoon you know this character from they're all just like cameos basically yeah and so it's it's all about how it ties into this larger story it's about connecting the whole pitch of the show is like how does the obi-wan from the prequel trilogy become the obi-wan from the original trilogy so the whole why does it matter is about these other movies that you've theoretically already seen um and on some level andor is maybe i mean that that is probably where they started from is how did you get to this you know, really ruthless, but dedicated revolutionary who, spoiler for a six-year-old movie, who will, like all the other characters in Rogue One, will die at the end. Um, But I don't think that's really what the show- I forgot he died. They they (laughs) (laughs) certainly- R.I.P. But they, yeah, it just, it doesn't really matter, right? Like this show kind of just, it completely stands on its own. The things that are interesting about it are, I think, similar to the things that are interesting about Rogue One, but also mm-hmm. I think this is even better than Rogue One. And in, I mean, the part of the reason we're talking about this and we didn't talk about Obi-Wan was because there everyone was suddenly just saying, this is amazing. There were tweets that are just like, man, if I were making a Marvel or Star Wars show and I saw Andor, I would just be so ashamed of what I'm doing because Andor is Absolutely. so much better. This yeah. is the best Star Wars thing in decades. And I that's was the right feeling. Yeah. Anyone else should look at it and go, what did I do? Disgusting. <laughs> I just, you know, what am I doing with my life that I'm not doing this? Yeah. The only exception to that is um what's his name? Who made the the middle new Star Wars that was good. That was Ryan like, Johnson. Fuck yeah. all your Star Wars. Here's n- bad Luke. Like that was really good. What? Or just like grumpy Luke. The last, the last Jedi is the only other recent Star Wars thing that can really stand up to this. And Rogue One, I think. Yeah, and Rogue One, which uh, is, is the also last Jedi number nine. Uh, no, it's number eight. Eight. Oh, that's the one that everybody hates, though. No, it's yeah, the most no. polarizing one because it's yeah. the one that like right. people are like, this is the greatest or the worst thing. Yeah, yeah, I like the last three. Yeah, I think good. they were all. Yeah, I mean the last last one is kind of a mess, but is okay. I don't hate it, yeah. but it's kind not of a mess. Good. Is what I think. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, but this is the this is like the most the most opposite of a mess because it I think because it has almost no baggage that it has to contend with. Right, it has some, but mm-hmm. you know it doesn't really. I don't know. They it, it's a fairly clean slate, which is weird and ironic given that it's like reverse ordered. You know, it's like. Oh well, everything that happens afterwards is already set in stone, but and yet it manages to come off cleanest in terms of like how much it has. Well, because Cassian doesn't have. I don't remember Cassian Andor having too much of a backstory in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. He just like no. is a complete character that has come to this point and all he had goes was through like all of his emotions. Yeah, he had like a hardness that you were like, oh, he's seen some shit to come by this hardness, but. You know, and a dedication to the cause, but you weren't sure why. Or but there how. weren't like a bunch of flashbacks or anything. No, 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 no. To like Absolutely work not. in this or yeah. that, so they could kind of just like whatever, just make them hard. Yeah. Well, okay, that's an audio clip for the. <laughs> I didn't episode. even think about that. I didn't even think about it until you had that reaction. So it's you, and it's not a me thing. It's a you thing. Well, I didn't say the audio though, so that's okay. Good. <laughs> clip it. <laughs> I think the way I would pitch this show to somebody who hasn't seen it, doesn't really care about Star Wars, is basically how does somebody become committed 
to a political rebellion. That's really what it's about. Yeah. It's, it's not about random Star Wars plot stuff. You don't have to care about any of that shit. Yeah. yeah. But what's and amazing is they do, they still have like fan service shit, but the fan service stuff is so well integrated that you don't need to know that it's fan service or care like about what that. What is at an all. example from early episodes? Um, when do they bring in? Uh, this isn't really a spoiler, like, especially if you don't know who he is, but they bring in Forrest Whitaker's character from the Star Wars universe. And that's like, oh, okay, like, I remember that guy. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, it's also like, oh, this is like they establish who the character is in the show, and that's all you need to know about him. Um, the other one would be Mon Mothma, who features in a lot of the early stuff, right? Like, it's just like, oh, the senator lady and oh know, yeah, yeah i saw her yeah and right. you don't need to know like oh she later f leads the rebellion no, like it's not she, it's they not use her in the later well it's not if you've seen any of the other no but i don't remember movies. rogue one i need to watch it now i didn't well, she's know been in, that this was the lead up to it she's in return of the jedi she's in the original trilogy like not the original trilogy the um, wait return of the jedi is she the lady who pl is played by my favorite Whoa, what? Maybe your favorite. I don't think the actress is that well known for the return she's of the Jedi, just, Mon Mothma. She's just oh. a lady who like briefs the rebels. Yeah. I, so is it the same actress as in this show? No. No. Same actress. She's as long one. dead, probably. It's not or Jurassic maybe... Park lady. Oh, you're thinking Laura Dern. No. No, it's no. not Laura Dern's character. No. Okay, yeah, I don't remember. See again, it's like those. the stuff that you like if you do want to like figure out how this all this stuff intertwines, you can, although yeah. It's not necessarily very rewarding because it's just there's so Bon Matha was in Rogue One and was also in uh Revenge Return of the Sith. Of the no, well, and in Revenge of the Sith. Okay, got it. Yeah. Played by the same actress. The right, same actress right. played the young Mon Mothma. Like uh, also really to their credit and the show's credit and her credit, like whenever that was, 15 years ago, Revenge of the Sith, and then now also as a younger version of that character which is like okay good cool. for her yeah yeah a lot of allergan aesthetics going on yeah i like that they sort of stick with the same actors but they don't need to like make a big deal out of it or underline the connections or anything like that it's just like yeah like because you would wonder otherwise like wait why am i seeing all these rebellion people and none of them are the ones, the ones that I, know. I know from the other yeah. things yeah it just kind of keeps this the faithful like uh asking fewer questions but then for everybody else it's just like wow this is a deeply interesting character you've presented to me right like that and mm -hmm. that, i think she is i think she especially over the course of the show she gets more and more interesting but um, right there was nothing interesting about mon mothma except for her name before this and yes. now she's an interesting character yes there were absolutely she was totally uninteresting except you were like why is she a moth is there why is the moth name why does it say moth <laughs> in that name <laughs> yeah and also, there's a planet called Mon Calamari where the fucking squid people come from, which is also dumb as shit. But why is that Mon? And then this other Mon. Like, why are those? This, they're, it's just a coincidence? Why? Mon what Calamari the is the greatest <laughs> thing that George Lucas has ever come up with because it's so silly. Yeah. Um, he was looking at his fucking plate and he was like, what do I call the water the planet? Squid <laughs> Let's just keep it simple, stupid. Let's just go with Mon Calamari, which means my calamari. My favorite name in this show is, and I feel this guy got really got done dirty. Is his name is Tim, 
but it's Tim with two M's. Oh, I like it. Wait, oh. wait, but there's also a uh, clam. You can't forget clam. Yeah, yeah. At least they oh. don't like add two M's for that one. You know? <laughs> then it's just like, you're just like clam. That's but a clam good name. Clem is a little weird. Like it's clem is could be in the future, but I like, I always love when there are names that are just mildly changed from like regular, I don't want to call them traditional names, but I guess like modern or contemporary right. names. Yeah. Like Peta Malark. Right. Like he's Instead Peter. Pete uh, or Peter. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. but it's Peta Malark. And like, yeah. that's, I get it. I'm into that. Or Harry yeah. Selden with an I instead of a. Instead oh, yeah. Harry's. A, yeah. 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 So I'm like, I was all about Tim. As soon as I saw it on the subtitles, I was like, yeah. Because if his yeah. name's just Tim, then no, it doesn't work. It would be like, here's my boy Fred. And it's like, yeah. no, we're in Star Wars. You're on a different planet. No one's named Fred there. I'm so surprised you think Clem is a future, can be a futuristic name when it's like maybe the oldest, Ozarkiest name in the world. Old Clem. No. Just playing his. Have you spoons. ever met anyone named Clem? No, I haven't because they've a all been person? dead for seventy years because they were minors. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna get off the topic of names. I want to talk. Okay, about... since we're on the topic of names, there's one other thing I want to mention about that, which is there's a character, a young woman involved with the rebellion, who I don't think you hear her name for the first few episodes, and then suddenly. You hear her name repeatedly, and I didn't have the subtitles on, so I thought he was saying Leia. And I was like, oh, my God, this is an Easter egg that this is actually Leia when she was younger. And then I was like, why did no one? Why is no one talking about this? And then I looked it up, and her name is Clea. Who's that? The mother? The mother? Uh, Clea is Clem's Scar- sister. Uh, assistant. Oh, assistant. Oh, She's yeah. He's the yeah, assistant yeah. in Clem. the uh, store. Who's Clem also and then- Clea. Clea. Good old Clea. That's how she yeah. got the name. They were like, let's name her. Wait, no, that doesn't work with the timeline. But yeah. Oh, well. Film so anyway, are also fantastic. Is... I mean, everybody, everyone in this is fantastic. Let's say that also before we say, I, th- I think anyways, I don't, there's no real su- significant soft spots for me in the acting cast of this. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the, the standouts, oh gosh, yeah, I'd be hard pressed to say. old man? Which old man? Whatever you guys know, like, come on. Why There's a lot of old to men. Hard to do your jobs, Star Wars boys. I it's the old man who brings Clem, who names him Clem. Oh, oh Stellan, uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah, actor's him. name. The character's name is Luthen Rail. Luthen. Yeah, Luthen. yeah, he yeah. does a good job. Yeah, he's very good, especially because he has like basically two personalities. I'm into it. Yeah, I was and like, he's... who is this dude? And then I was like, oh, I remember he put right. on a. He's good at I, acting. I know who you are. He's good at. He's a good actor. Weirdly, <laughs> in the show and also as an actor. Yeah, as an actor, he's played this one role, but then he brings his acting ability from real life into this character and is also an actor. It's a real Russian doll situation. It is. Yeah, it's a Faberge egg. Yeah, I don't think Faberge eggs actually open no, up. Into there's more nothing eggs, inside of those. No. Well, yeah, uh, I think you could put more eggs in. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of times when people play a character who's playing a role, they'll kind of telegraph the the fact that yeah. they're faking it a little bit too much. And you'll be like, no one would believe this. Come on. This is right. obviously you don't fake. come off as genuine in your fake person. And yeah. he does a good job of striking this balance where you never believe that's the real him. But yeah. you it's OK that you, you believe that other people believe it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yes. And he has a bad wig, which I like. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, that's right. When he's doing his foppish personality, yeah. And that I like uh, that plays the little like not the deputy inspector, but his like number two when he goes rogue early on. The guy who's like couldn't be more of a company man, kiss ass. Oh, Kyle Solar is his actor <laughs> name. I don't remember his Cyril Karn. So he's the one who gets into a lot of trouble. Not Cyril. Not oh. Cyril. His oh. number two, like his oh, big pudgy I... one. Oh, the sure. large boy. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's very good. Very good. <laughs> He's super good. I'm like, yeah. I was cracking up at these two. I was like, you're both going to get in so much trouble. You'll me. enjoy later on. He comes back in a very delightful way uh, later on. Both I of found them quite amusing. To get revenge. Yeah. But, he, but he's, yeah, he's like good at being like both at once very credulous and also like a little bit of levity and like comic relief. And uh, totally. I think that doesn't have a ton of comic relief. But um, also like, yeah, Denise Gao, who is the other Imperial officer, just really, 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 really good. And like very like the there's a even all the bad people are the they have a lot of humanity to them, right? Like they are there's a lot to see. Which is kind of weird about the show. Cause they I think Is that the blonde woman you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, the blonde woman. Okay. Dead drive. Typically in the Star Wars universe has not had a lot of subtlety or complexity when it comes to... It's like good versus evil. Basically. Yeah, exactly. And this introduces a lot of complicated shades there. I mean, though, I think I it's still that. the through line of like, there's a lot that it's, you know, the bad is still quite evidently bad, right? But I think the exception in the past has been these Jedi characters who then become bad for a little bit and then have... But they just a switch... From right. like I was yes. bad now I'm good, or I was right. good now I'm bad. Like it's right. not there's no subtlety. Yeah, yeah, and and this is much more that you recognize the humanity in these people. You recognize the 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 things that are motivating them, but that doesn't make what they're doing any less terrible. That they're that right. they're still like cogs in in this you know machine, and um, that I mean, you know, obviously a lot of the the aesthetics of of Star Wars and of the Empire and Star Wars are around, you know, fascism. And 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 it's about basically like how how could somebody become like a willing cog in like a fascist machine? And, and you get a sense of how that works. Yeah. Also, it's interesting to talk about like shades of good versus evil, because like I was listening to an old couple old episodes. I was bored on the train. So I was just listening us? to us. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Us in the past. And um, rings, rings of power. We talked about how they were like purely good versus evil, with like no real reasoning behind it. Like orcs mm -hmm. are evil, right? That's what Elves I was just thinking. Good. of. And I'm in my brain. I had made the switch to Star Wars, but we were talking about Lord of the Rings, rings right. of power. And then we also talked about it in House of the Dragon and how it's too blurry because everyone is both good and bad. So you like don't really care about anyone because yeah. it's too complex. So it's like I felt like this found a good balance between like everyone's a human and they have reasons for doing what they're doing. It doesn't change that some people are bad and some people are good, but yeah. it like makes it more interesting than like yeah. just the black and white. Way more interesting. Yeah. On the flip side, you also see that there's a real ruthlessness to the leaders of the rebellion, particularly the uh, Stellan Skarsgård character. And I like that, yeah, but it doesn't try to say that they're the same, right? Oh, like, you know, like ultimately we're just two sides of the same coin. It's much more like, oh, like in order to for this to work, they have yeah. to make some very difficult and brutal choices. Yeah, I think that's the best because like, it is it presents it. And yeah, that's another thing that a trope, right? It is like, oh, well, 
look, you've become what you hated, but this is like much more, it's more sophisticated than that, where it's like, no, it's more like in birthing a revolution or an overthrowing power, there needs to unfortunately be a step in which you adopt the tactics of your enemy, but keep in mind your noble goals or something. And like, this is just a harsh reality of how authoritarian regimes are overthrown, which is like a much more interesting point to make than like, you become what you hated all along. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. And Stellan Skarsgård has this great line at one point where he says, if you're not willing to risk your principles, or exactly what he said, but yeah, essentially, if you're not willing to risk your principles, then, uh, or if you're not willing to, to risk compromising your ethics, then get the fuck out, because there's no yeah. there's no point. This rebellion is dead before it started. One of the other interesting things about the show is that, because I, I think when I saw also that it was 12 episodes, I was like, this, what? Like, every other Disney Plus show is six to eight episodes long. I don't, like... Is it actually 12? Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things that makes it work really well is that those 12 episodes are divided up into these smaller arcs. So the first three episodes are basically this arc about uh, Cassian on the run and, um, you know, on his home planet trying to like evade the Imperials, which, you know, I won't get into home planet. Right. And then there's also his backstory too in that that's unfold that you're seeing at the same time. Um, and without getting into spoilery details, you know, he does get involved with the rebellion. And then there's like another arc that's about this big heist they pull off, which is also like striking a blow against the empire. And then there's an arc that's set um, in this prison. And uh, each each of those arcs, basically there's one writer and one director who just, who just handles the whole thing. And that I think that does just make the show. It doesn't feel like you're just watching one story over the whole thing. It's much more right. like great. Like there's this pretty solid ending to a story. It's satisfying, and then we start a new story that's like a continuation. Yeah, it, it and it feels like that's that was also to me what I didn't really understand. I didn't have any much foreknowledge of how long it would be. So like I was watching it, and I was like oh cool like the next one must be the last one and then the next one was the last one but only for that micro arc right and then i was really really worried at that point that like oh god like you can't no like you should have stopped there this is wonderful and perfect and then they managed to pull off like oh no no it's better still and i like i thought that was the most impressive part about this series is that it when it was very ambitious in terms of structure and it works so, so well. I, I think one thing that is a little bit of a challenge about that is the first two episodes are a little bit slow. They felt mm-hmm. that way to yeah. me. Um, that it just is kind of and or basically hanging out and you're getting introduced to a lot of the characters and, and he is on the run, but there's not really much plot happening. And then things really kind of kick into high gear in, in episode three where that sort of climaxes the the Cassian on the run story. And then, I mean, those heist episodes I thought were amazing and just yeah. like really some of the, I mean, yeah, like that was where I was like, okay, I see why people say this show is, is the best thing ever. <laughs> and then I, then there's um, an arc about the prison, which I've only started, but my sense is that's supposed to be even better than, than the heist. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if it's better, but I think at least like at least equally good, right? So yeah, but 
It is. You're right about the first couple, I would say. I think there that requires a little more investment. But I, I think if you're like, if you're, because you can go and then stick around just for like, well, okay, there, you can tell there are some terrific performances in this. You can tell like, um, very thoughtful about uh, cinematography, like especially the opening, the opening scene earned it a lot of forgiveness, right? The opening scene of the entire show or the opening sort of like, sequence rather um down to when the bad thing happens i guess is how i'll put it in the non-spoiler section is like so so good that you're like okay i'm with you for however long you need me to be with you and that like i think that's how they they managed to plot out some of the or get through some of the more plotting parts which are kind of the, the flashback scenes interspersed with him just sort of living his life and being andor or whatever right yeah, I don't I don't think there's necessarily a better way to do those episodes, but I do think if when I recommend the show now, I'll have to sort of warn people like, hey, first couple, they're not necessarily going to knock your socks off, but stick with it at least until episode three. Yeah. So I, I if you're going to go into spoilers soon is what it sounds like. And I was trying mm-hmm. not to pay attention to that because I just didn't want anything accidental to happen. But I will just say, I don't know what it is exactly about Andor, but there's something that happened to me where when I was watching, I just appreciated the Star Wars aesthetic so much more. Yes. Like the things from the future with these old analog old. kind of yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah. And like even like really new things still having like an old looking interface, right? Yeah. It's not like they're like old for old sake. It's like even the newest, shiniest gadget yeah. still has like, <laughs> a, like, I don't know, a black and white like yeah uh, like Kindle a dot matrix e reader yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's something about it that was just like really entrancing like i was yeah. just very charmed by the aesthetic and i don't know what that is because that's really the case through most star wars stuff is that it's, same i think it was thing. prequels i think yeah. yeah the prequels were very glossy and shiny and like a little too polished like the world didn't look lived in which was one of the big criticisms of it but the this one absolutely nails what was uh, appealing about the first, maybe by accident, like the like the original series. Like the original series, uh, you can attribute. I mean, they did do it intentionally, but you can attribute a lot of it to like we were hiding things because it was not very low, low budget, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. But this one, this one does it perfectly, and I think it's like I think Rogue One approached it, but this one gets it exactly right, and it's part. It's yeah, I think it's also down to cinematography and it's also down to them and casting because they cast um, what was really interesting and yet very good about the original was like a lot of the this side characters were played by like British character actors. And then in this one, that's almost all like otherwise kind of unremarkable British character actors um, who are just like extremely good, like, you know, like probably like um theater educated or theater background people who like came up in like the british theater system or are classically trained actors i would say in some way but like they that's what to me makes this whole thing feel like more star wars than star wars in some ways and achieve what i think you're talking about jordan i mean i think some of yeah that aesthetic is also 
the just that because it's a representation of technology from 1977 so just to sort of preserve that vision gives it a kind of a retro feel now which i really like mm. um like just like what the computer screens look like that they're not you know bright like led screens but these like weird fuzzy green text things um and and then one of the things that other things that they did was all of the recent Star Wars TV shows have used this thing called the volume, um, which uh, Devin at TechCrunch wrote about a little bit, which is basically like you just create like in, instead of a physical set, you have a little bit of a physical set and then you just surround the whole set with these LED screens, which I think is better than just doing green screen where it's you, you can't see it the actor doesn't see anything you just fill that all in later which feels very fake yeah but it still feels kind of fake when you use the volume and here i think they just basically built sets and shot on so. location yeah and it just feels and looks so much better than any of the other star wars shows okay well if you guys are going to spoilers then we don't need to hit spoilers that hard uh, from my perspective. I think this is one of the few shows that we cover where it's almost best left without too much of a spoiler discussion. Because uh, I think we expressed in great detail the appeal of it. Um, but I don't know. If you want to talk some spoilers, Anthony, I'm happy to. I'm, it's up to you. Uh, I'm fine either way. I think we can probably... How about this? Instead of a spoiler, are you happy with the way that the season concluded? Yes, I am. I'm very happy with it. I, it is, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a thing where I was worried about it in terms of like, um, does it leave me upset that they're going to make more or does it leave me like wanting more, but they're not going to make more? I think it, honestly, either situation would be fine. I think they've already confirmed they are making more, but like, I think in either case, I would be happy. But I, yeah, it's very, it it does so much on its own. It's that I think it's the the overall theme of this. It's like it's it, it's contained and it and it is a wonderful like piece of art unto itself and requires no other uh, external universe building Validation. or media or whatever. Yeah. So and and I feel like that is true of the show throughout this season. So yeah, I mean like yeah, there's like there's obviously references that like help you if you are already a fan, like potentially get more out of it, but it's hard to say because I'm not someone who is totally, yeah. uh, you might get more out of it if you've never been exposed to the universe. Frankly, I have no idea, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, because I do think sometimes when these, you know, big franchises borrow from other genres or change their tone, um, there's a, sometimes people give them too much credit for that where you're like, oh my God, this is basically an art movie now. And um, they can overestimate how different it is or how good mm -hmm. it is. And, and whereas I think this actually is, even if you, you know, even if you're not judging it by the standards of just how different is this from normal Star Wars, yeah. I just think it's a very good show. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I, I think the other thing is that even though it has much more of this sort of you know, grittiness, realism. I think that it, it has the, these much more serious political themes. It's not like it's an art movie or something. It's it's right. still like this incredibly thrilling and exciting show. And I mean, there's the, the again, without getting into spoilers, but just like the climax of the heist storyline, it is like one of the, 
like most exciting episodes of television I've ever seen. And everything about that is just so beautifully shot. And like the tension yeah. just keeps ratcheting it up and the way like that all kind of comes together. Um, and then there's like a moment where they, they're talking, there's like part of the heist is this thing called the eye where all these like uh, meteors come crashing to the earth and it's just like gorgeous. And like, I was, yeah, I, I just think this show is just so good and, and it's not, and, and even though it's different from Star Wars, it's just as entertaining as any other kind of Star Wars. And it's, so it's not like the kind of prestige TV where you watch it because it's good for you. You watch it because it's incredibly fun and entertaining yeah. just in a much, in a very different tone. Yeah. And in fact, it's probably like, cause it does have very, um, I would say, uh, I guess resonant, like political messaging right and but it's like yeah you could absolutely be like a pro-authoritarian mega asshole and watch this entire thing and like pay no mind to that or like not get any of that subtext and be like this was just a fucking blast right um but and that's like the best part about it because then maybe that's some it'll get it maybe they'll get some like good brain warning for once if they watch this shit and then they're like wait a minute Am I being manipulated? <laughs> I mean, that is one of the interesting questions about, you know, politics in this kind of science fiction is um, that I think then sometimes it can, it risks being so vague that it doesn't really say anything at all because you can mm -hmm. read whatever thing, anything you want into it. And like that there were a bunch of right-wing people who were like, no, we're the rebellion, which is definitely the opposite of what George yeah. Lucas intended, I think um because he was definitely a, a super left-wing hippie guy and specifically in the prequel trilogy is is i think very upset about the bush administration right, um, right. and which is not the only thing they're about which i, I think tony Gilroy, the creator of andor has also said that people are like oh is like the prison stuff about like abu Ghraib and like is is all this stuff about like sort of like this like the black lives matter movement and things like this and he's like well, he, he's like, the reason I did it in science fiction is because I could put a lot of this stuff in and not get into trouble. But mm -hmm. also, it's not just about one specific political moment. Yeah. It's about these broader trends and themes that I see. But I do think it speaks to, you know, 2022 in a very relevant way. For sure. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, yeah, like to your other point, like not in a way that is uh, ambiguous, like that, like you can kind of use it for your own purposes. Uh, if you feel that way right i feel like it's mm -hmm. like no like she's we're just gonna have someone say the things ex explicitly and then you have to hear the words because they're simple and you can't kind of deny what they mean right so yeah and certainly if, if you watch this show and you think that this show is in any way pro police or pro prison you're definitely yeah, i don't not, know uh, you have paying a, attention or, or you just else. have a you know, really significant reality distortion problems <laughs> beyond helping by television. So, but there will be at least one more season. I think, yeah, Tony Gilroy has said that it um, that it, he has this sort of two season arc planned, and I, I think that's great. Like, I don't know that I need this to be a show that goes on forever. No, uh, -uh. no, it just needs to be like give me give us as much as you can execute confidently and then please stop this is the way i think about this type of show right cool uh do we have any final thoughts about andor i'm excited to finish it yeah i just think the only my only complaint is saying the name out loud is like and comma or i just can't 
get that out of my brain. Maybe that was intentional. I had it not in my brain at all. <laughs> you just put it there and it'll live there for the rest of my life. So, Well, hope, I hope all our listeners get that gift for me. That's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> my only complaint is is Clea and Tim. Those are the those are things. <laughs> don't like that. I'm cool with Tim. I don't like Clea just because I don't think it's a good name. I don't really care about Leia. Yeah. Clam. <laughs> Clam. <laughs> the minor. Well, if you have thoughts about the first season of Andor, you can shoot us an email, originalcontentpod at gmail.com. That's originalcontentpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Original Content, and we always appreciate it when you leave us a positive review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choosing. Thank you so much for listening. Daryl and Jordan, I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.